Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is. I am Tim Proctor, one of the hosts. Check your six podcasts. I'm sitting across the table from Craig Lyson. And I'm with, with Vets Growth. But hey, listen, I just want to tell you, I'm stoked about having this guest speaker here. It's going to be a lot of fun. It we, is. We probably should have done this one first. We have a, <laughs> a, an established guest in the house, Jennifer Englert. Did I pronounce it correctly? That was beautiful. Beautiful. With the Orlando Law Group. And we're going to talk about legal stuff today. We're probably not going to get everything in, but that's fine. We'll bring you back a couple of times. And you've done this a lot, so you're a pro at this. You're going to help us walk through the program. So, Jennifer, can I read the, you know, I had your, I had your bio, and it's in the other room. Well, snap. But anyway. We don't need that. I know, what, I know my bio. But, or, hey, the second that? episode. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we kind of forgot how to do it. Jennifer, you have been, uh, if I can remember correctly, about 20 years at the Orlando Law Group. You started out as a individual yourself. And you built a small business. So tell me about the history and the wonderful things of the Orlando Law Group. Okay. Well, the first 10 years, I worked at very large law firms in downtown Orlando. Um, I worked in Jacksonville for a couple of years also, but I represented Disney, Orlando Health, Exxon, McDonald's, large companies. That's kind of what I learned on. About 10 years in, I, I really liked what I was doing. I really loved representing those larger companies and the kind of things that we did. But I saw a niche in my local area that there really wasn't that. I'm from Avalon Park on the east side of town. And there were no law firms out there. The East Orlando was growing. And there were really no attorneys out there to serve that community. So I thought if I didn't open a firm, somebody else would. And then I'd be sad. So I didn't want to be sad. And uh, How many employees I, do you have? Uh, we have 25 now. I started in my living room with a friend of mine who um, also worked at the firm. She ended up going back after about a year. She didn't like the small firm life. She went back to work for one of our major clients that we had left, but opened an office in downtown Avalon Park, opened one in Lake Nona when no one really knew what that was. Before um, everything that is now Lake Nona. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were in Lake Nona. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of my major areas with all my clients. I know. Oh, right over Tijuana Flats, still the same office that we had the very first Which office Which is a great place there. to be. Yes. Yeah. The law firm? Taco Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> When they put the Wawa in, we were so excited. Yeah, it's like you, Wawa, Tijuana Flats. You've got Wawa on 436 <laughs> here in Castlebury, and now we're going to deviate. There's a Wawa on a Tijuana Flats, like within walking distance. Life is good. I can hit it on the way home. So anyways. Exactly. Location is important when you decide to open yeah. your business. And then about five years ago, we moved the Avalon office to Waterford Lakes. We also have one in Altamont, and we have one in Winter Garden now. Yeah. And, and you specialize in a lot of different areas in law. We're going to talk about small businesses, but you do everything. We are a full service law firm, which is a little bit unique. Most law firms don't take that step. And obviously we didn't start out that way, but most legal problems aren't just, oh, I have a bankruptcy. Oh, I have a divorce. Even for small businesses, it's multiple issues that all interact. So having a team that knows if I could call my bankruptcy attorney or my estate planning lawyer and we can make a cohesive strategy, it's cheaper for the clients, it's better for them, it's more cohesive. So it just became something that made sense to do. You're filling a lot of needs for a lot of people in what you're doing. 
Karen Rayborn. I'm going to give a shout out to Karen Rayborn. She is a lovely young lady that works with you now or works for you in the Orlando Law Group. East Orlando Chamber you're part of with Craig. You're very familiar with the East Orlando Chamber. Correct. Seminole County Chamber as well. Yes. Yeah, I'm on their executive committee. you're on their executive committee. Mm -hmm. She's all over the place. She's not with me, though. I know she's not with you. Well, I guess they can't afford my talent. Yeah. (laughs) No, we, we can't afford theirs. When I reached out to Karen and said, hey, can you have somebody from the law group come and talk about what small business needs from a, a lawyer standpoint? I did read in your bio that you guys are now like 105th of the top 500 fastest growing law firms in wow. the country. Congratulations. Yes. That's a huge honor. Thank That's you. awesome. That's fantastic. So we're, we are glad that you have stepped down. <laughs> Come into the studio today, have some fun with us. Like I said, we were going to call this Breaking the Law, a little Judas Priest coming in, but I don't know how people would would accept that. So anyways, but we are here talking about the needs of a small business. And with everything that's going on, small businesses are either going, we're going to either see a boom or many of them are going to be a bust. I am Joe Smith and I've got a small business. So why do I need to consult with a lawyer before I start a business? Well, I, I mean, especially now, a lot of people just start a business and say, you know what, eventually I'll get my forms together and eventually I'll do the things I need to do. But right now I'm just like hitting the ground running, doing what I need to do. And like I said, I walk the walk. I started in the living room without a whole lot of money. Every dollar that came in, you're like, yay. So yeah. um, yep. those dollars, it's hard to say, why should I go to a lawyer? But being a formalized business is more important now than ever because tax deductions, if you applied for any of those loan programs and you didn't have your documents in order or you weren't formalized, it's impossible, if not really difficult, to get the money that you would be able to get if you had been formalized. So a lot of people just think going to a lawyer is horrible. And as a lawyer, I get that. A lot of lawyers are horrible. Lawyers have a bad name? <laughs> Seriously? Not we Jen. Not Jen. Jennifer is awesome. It. She's awesome. Everybody knows Jennifer. <laughs> you know, at least you don't know Jennifer. Get... You're not going anywhere. You're not a used car salesman. Of course, I'm going to offend every single used car salesman that happened to listen. But so again, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go yeah, ahead. no, I mean, but it it will save you money in the long run. It just does. No matter how, and the way at least we do it is say, look, these are all the things you could do. Let's start doing the things that are cost effective and that we need to start out with, and then we can build a plan for you for contracts and all that kind of stuff. The person who doesn't have a contract that says you get attorney's fees and late fees and stuff, I mean, the first time they come to me, if I wish it was there. If we had seen them at the beginning, it would have been in there, and it would save them a lot of time and money and stress. So if I'm you know, John Smith, an exterminator, and I come to you and I say, okay, I need to meet, I want to start a business, you right away, okay, we're going to put together a strategy from a financial standpoint. This is what it's going to cost for me to help you walk through. Is there any variation in that, or do you guys have pretty much standard guidelines for for the cost of a small business? For us, we try to have standard guidelines, at least for some of the stuff that everybody needs, like the initial setup for initial partnership agreements, if you've got partners and that sort of thing, because you want to be able to budget. And even if you can't do it all right away, at least then you know what it's going to cost. Even for contracts and initial things with customers, employee manuals, all that, we try to flat fee because it just helps for you to know. Nobody wants to get a lawyer bill and go, <laughs> Yeah, they don't like getting a bill from us yeah. either. Like, oh, my, it, it cost me how much? So, well, let me ask you this then. Is there a template that you can provide somebody that says, you're a small business, you're in this category. This is really what we think you need to focus on. Do these things. And when you have these things, come back to me and then we can sit down and talk. Is that how you would work it? How would you work it? 
Well, I mean, to some extent, yes, uh, especially if like a partnership agreement normally will do it for them and highlight these are all the spots where you can make decisions and make changes for a customer agreement. Same thing, depending on how, I mean, we've got a lot of different ones depending on what the business is. And then for some other things as well, we do have, we sort of give them something to start out with because usually you don't even know where to begin. So to just say, tell me what you want to know, like they don't even know what to say. Yeah, that I would, have that's, to agree with that. that's our thing. Where do you, I have a great idea and we've talked about this in the initial, we have a great idea. I have a great thought. I've done some research. I've done some other things. Now, where do I go to? Small business administration is one place that we said, start here for business plan, small business development centers, another place you can go to. Mm -hmm. So do you, you know, go back to creating a landscape business or whatever it is. And I come to you and I say, what do I need to bring to you for me to start the process? Can you tell me what I would need to bring to you? Usually it's, I mean, to, as far as what you need to bring to me is just what your thoughts are. Normally we sit down and have an initial consultation and say, look, how are you going to collect money? Are you going to take credit cards or are your partner's going to be? How are they going to bring money in? Is it going to be sweat equity? That's all just questions we ask. You don't have to put a whole lot together to come see me. Um, then I might give you some homework, but that's normally in established businesses. They need to bring like tax returns and things. Brand new, it, almost nothing. Okay, so Craig, you had a you started a new business. I bought an existing one, so I want to talk about both of those. So ask her some of the questions that you should have done earlier. Well, what it was, I did go to your law firm, and I was talking to the receptionist. I needed to talk to an attorney about my trademark because I did initiate a trademark, which has taken forever. It's just that I was talk, I was trying to talk to Jeff, and he was quite busy, and uh, just because uh, he's a veteran like us. So what the one thing that turned me off was, and it's nothing to do with your, what you offer, because as well, the initial price is $350. i am like, I'm out of here. Because like you said, it's, it's the initial phase of getting the money up to get just that one hour of making sure. So during the course of six months, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, that $350 would have been well spent. And that was my problem because I didn't know. If, you, if you're just going in to talk, say, hey, this is what we want to talk about. Like you said at the beginning here, we want to know who you are, what you're trying to do. That would have been nice if the reception would have said, hey, it would have been great. They're just going to talk to you and go from there. But you're scared when you go talk to an attorney for, you know, thinking you're on, you're on the stand. You're on so, the clock. Yeah. So it's just that for, for this conversation we're having, I highly suggest just listening to you in a short time. It would be easy to promote you because people are afraid of this high cost and mm -hmm. not get anything out of it. But it's not. Well, and I think that's the thing. Even that initial consult then... If it's normally, it's not going to be a whole hour, but sometimes it is. A lot of times it won't be. And then we just flat fee. Everything is a flat fee after that. The trademark is a flat fee, but it depends on whether you want a state one, do you want a federal one, what categories, and some of that is fees you've got to pay to the state or the federal government. But then we'd flat fee and say, okay, well, we already, you've already paid this for the consult. So then all you're going to have to pay is the amount of money it's going to take for the filing fees to the governmental agency. So that's the thing. And there's always flexibility, but people just have to know that there is that flexibility and that it's a trusted person. I mean, I think everybody thinks attorneys cost too much and a lot of them do. I mean, I see it every day. Yeah. I think the true thing is Tim and I've been talking about this business plan and everybody's talking about value. I think the value, when you start mentioning that word value, what am I getting in return? Well, they don't, they don't hear that when they're sitting there waiting. They're sitting there like, oh, my gosh, it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. And then you're like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't know the value until after it's done. Right. When you haven't done it 
and you realize, I really could have saved myself some headaches, not even necessarily other more money or other time, just headaches when you, when you do that. So did you go to the Orlando law firm and actually get <laughs> advice on this? No. Okay. Uh, I was waiting for Jeff. He was busy. And then uh, they said, we'll see you in about 20 minutes. And I'm thinking like, I'm sitting there exactly what I just said. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. I'm like, I'm out of here. So that was number one, my mistake. I didn't allow the opportunity to go in there and sit and talk to him. The next question, what are some of the, if you have the top three, top five, some of the biggest mistakes that you see small businesses make? What Give me a list of some of those things. Okay. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people sit with me, I can know right away, which I hate. But, um, and I try to tell them, well, at least do this. You but... have no chance <laughs> of succeeding. Wow. Um, a lot of times they don't understand what the business will cost yeah. and the money that's coming in, especially when they buy existing businesses. A lot of businesses that are for sale are for a reason. So that's number one, cash flow and not figuring out what that is, what it's going to look like, how much it's going to cost to get a customer, a lot of financial things. All, all the things they ask on Shark Tank, what's your customer <laughs> retention cost? And all these is that where we've seen her from? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So that that's one. They just don't know what it's going to cost. Right. What else? Two is what, especially if they're moving into a space, commercial leases, not so much buying, but once in a while buying too. But commercial leases are very tricky. That's one of the major pain points where sometimes I wish people would have come to me first. It doesn't take much to review a commercial lease either, but there's so much in them. Um, and now they're probably only going to get worse that people just don't understand what they're signing up for. All right. Talk to me a little bit about that. We lease this building here. He runs out of his home. And there's some differences that we've talked about in those two benefits and downfalls. When you talk about commercial lease, what do you mean? Well, when people, when you, when you sign up to go into a space, there's certain things, especially personal guarantees. That's one of the things that we yeah. always watch out for that a lot of people don't even know that they're signing up for. If they're taking over a lease from somebody else, there's a lot of ability to negotiate at that point, And a lot of people don't. People don't understand that sometimes they're giving percentage rent, some of their, their proceeds they're giving. That's not stuff you have to do. But if you don't push back and ask, you're going to get whatever deal your landlord gives to you. And I want to talk a little bit more about this. We'll cover some more coming out of the break. We're going to plug for the Orlando Law Group, and we'll come back with some more information on your lease. Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. We serve a diverse range of clients at the Orlando Law Group, ranging from individuals and families to large corporations, small businesses, and homeowners associations. For our business clients, we are experts at setting up new businesses and partnerships, buying or selling companies, writing contracts, and establishing trademarks and copyrights. We are fluent in Spanish and Portuguese, frequently working with international clients. You can reach us by phone at 407 512 4394 or online at the Orlando All right, we are back for the second half of this podcast. Craig, how do people get a hold of you before we go any farther? How do people get a hold of you? Phone number is 407 754 5779 and it's vetsgrowth.com. Info 
vetsgrowth.com. Info at vetsgrowth.com and info at grpstudios.com or 407-862-6882. Young lady, how can people get a hold of you when they need to know who you are? Our telephone number is 407-512-4394. Our website is the orlandolawgroup.com and we also have an info at the orlandolawgroup.com so yeah. original we're originals can, can, you, can you be like all those oh Ohio gosh. State University no I know well I went to UF so Ohio State but people do sometimes they think it's the letter Z I'm like no that's why we have Orlando Law in Group the, in the military it's the phonetic alphabet so we can be correct yeah should have been T-H-E-E because I was going to do that in the intro here we, you know, we're talking about breaking the law with, with, with Jennifer from the Orlando Law Group Again, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you taking the time. We were talking about lease contracts. I leased this building. I bought an existing business. Greg was looking to sell. Greg Reich has been in the city, gosh, since 74. And Greg Reich Productions was the original. He changed it to a DBA, GRP Studios, which worked out best for me because mm-hmm. then I changed it to GRP Studios, Inc. It worked out very well. But there was so much I didn't know, didn't understand I read through the lease. <laughs> okay, yeah, like I really understand what a lease says. But now knowing just in talking for five minutes and if I get in, and if I get a bill from you, that's fine. It, it was a three year and it scared the dickens out of me to sign a three year lease, know that you were obligating yourself to three years of a lease. Right. What if I fail? What if something happens? So it took a lot for me to actually sign that. I didn't go to a lawyer and say, hey, what does this lease look like? What do I need to do? I am going to have some negotiation at the end of this year because all the things that they have not done. So well, there's that. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that too, or it's not fixed, but oh, they're going to fix it once you move in. Yeah. They don't fix it. Yeah, they I don't. mean, <laughs> they don't. It's, and again, I understand it. You know, you're, you're a leaseholder, but with all the businesses that are closing right now or downsizing whatever they're doing, hopefully there'll be some some value into me holding on to that. But what else in a commercial lease do you really need to look for? One of the, like I said, major things is is all those extra little fees. Um, there's something called CAM, which is the common area maintenance, which most leases have where you're sharing the costs of the entire complex, whatever that is. And that is something to be worried about now because as people are probably going to be leaving commercial leases because businesses are closing or they're downsizing, there's a nut for, to run that building. And if there's less people in it, your piece of the nut goes up. So we can cap that. That's one of the things that I look at. But if you don't even know what that is, nobody's even thinking about yeah. capping it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know what to cap <laughs> if you don't know what the cap? Yeah. That's fantastic. So, I mean, yeah, there's just a ton of little things in there. That again, you don't care about till you get a bill for it or it's not working out the way you planned and it's too late once you've signed. They have no, you have no leverage. Wow. Okay. So that was a couple of things. Name, give me some of the other things that business owners need to really look at, mistakes that they may or may not make when they first start a business. Okay. Um, the third one of the top three is not getting a partnership agreement if you've got partners. Even, I mean, anything could be an agreement, but something to kind of talk about who's going to do what no matter how good the intentions are when you first go into businesses, usually someone ends up doing more than the other or someone keeps a job, especially in today's economy, like everybody has that side hustle and they try to turn it into something. Maybe one of the partners is going to keep their job and the other partner is going to do all the work. And then the partner that's doing all the work is really doing all the work. And there's any number of variations to that, but not having some sort of agreement about how you're going to do things 
um, we have more problems about that than anything. I mean, if, that is probably the number one problem. If you had a choice starting a new business, partner or no partner? Well, you know, sometimes not, not taking away taking away what <laughs> you're doing right now. Trouble here. You're, you're, no, you're the it's managing okay. partner for the Orlando Law Group. Yeah, well, I mean, my first partner left like a year in when we didn't know anything, and we had just signed a lease on a place for six years, and it was and when we started ten years ago, so that was during the last downturn. And yeah, she decided I'm out of here, and I had to take over the personal guarantee myself, and we had a credit line, and I had to do that. So I've been there. Like she, and that's fine. I mean. She didn't want to do it anymore. You don't want to be in business with someone who doesn't want to do it anymore. So I would probably not pick a partner, not I have to tell you. And, and this, uh, I've heard both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. We did an ebook for a gentleman, Tim Taylor. I'll give him a little bit of a shout out. How to start and run a successful IT business without losing your shirt. And one of the things he said is partners are great, but even the best partners can fall apart. And then, and then what happens? You both end up taking a hit. But you would probably say not necessarily having a partner. Or Wouldn't being depend- creative in how you do it. And that's what the partnership agreement is for because someone could get cancer, someone could get a divorce. So, I mean, all of those things impact you. If the spouse is not, I mean, there's yeah. a whole lot of things that go into that soup. So let me interrupt. <laughs> family member. How would you feel about a family member? Like your mom or dad, they raised you, you got the worth ethics, you got the home life. They encourage you to start your business. Would you feel to bring them on board as a partner? I've seen that work great in a lot of situations. The issue with that is, is if there's a sibling also that isn't in the business, then all the more reason to have an agreement because you want to maybe own the business with your mom or dad. You might not want to own it with your sister or brother. And again, when they pass and if you don't do any estate planning or agreements of any kind, then you own it with your sister or brother who may be great or may not be. Spouses, uh, that happens a lot. I've seen it grow great. And we also do uh, some family law at the Orlando Law Group. So I've yep. seen it not go great. You just have to plan. <laughs> well, and when we, when we did this here at GRP Studios, it was a, again, going on advice from a lot of different people. 51, 49, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Is, is there such thing as a silent partner? Truly, really? <laughs> is there a, now my wife, I tell you, my wife is the most awesome You're woman in the world. No offense attended. <laughs> She just retired from Disney after just a couple of years, but a long time. And she really doesn't want to have a whole lot to do with things here, right. which is fine. In hindsight, it probably should have been 51 female-owned business, 49 veteran business, because female-owned businesses get better breaks than right. veteran-owned businesses. Yeah, I the- assume that you were 51% her because of that. What but- are the breaks? What are the breaks they get? Can you say? Well, you can become a woman, the certification, we bank certification for woman-owned business. And then when you um, bid on things, especially with governments and things, that gives you a leg up. Big businesses have that too. Just it gives you, when you're doing a bidding process, it gives you a few extra points normally. Yeah. If you're a prime business group and you bid on these things and we come through, we'd be a subcontractor for a lot of these people. Well, here in Florida anyways, veteran-owned businesses do not get that 3% set aside. It's not a guarantee mm-hmm. for businesses, for veteran-owned businesses. Now, disabled veteran businesses are the top of the list for that, and that's the right. way it should be, being a veteran Agreed. myself. If you're a disabled American veteran, you need to get more breaks than anybody else. Sorry if, if that offends somebody, but that's too bad. And then women-owned businesses were in that second tier, then veteran-owned, then minority-owned, and it kind of goes down the list. So a women-owned business would have been a better option for me probably to start with. Let me ask you something. Since we were talking about that, the scale of people of how it should be applied to, what about first responders? Now, the the world has geared, what I have witnessed that I see it is they should be recognized too. 
they're just like being a military veteran. They got wars, they got shots, they got, they got assist. Would they categorize as a veteran to get those kind of benefits? They don't as a veteran, but a lot of them have that aside business anyway. But since they also have their core function, like, I mean, firemen who have pressure washing and handymen and all that, I mean, police mm-hmm. officers do too. They do not, but a, a lot of that, there's also, there's a lot of inspection and like we bank certification, women-owned business, they come in and look at your operation and make mm. sure that actually the woman's running it and that you actually have an office and that it's real. So I think they'd have some of the, there'd be challenges. I think there's challenges to the side hustle part of being certified that they haven't caught up with, but I'm sure that they will. They're going to have to because a lot of people have more than one thing going on now. Which is one reason we didn't make this a women-owned business because she's not going to be here hardly at all. She wouldn't have an office. She wouldn't have any of those things, but she can still be a minority business owner in the 49%. So a couple other things I'll go, but we'll, we'll save those for later on down the line. You are a successful small business startup. You started it with zero, exactly. With zero. So you are a, a successful one. It's been a lot of hard work. 20 years into it now. What made you a success? I worked harder than anyone else. I just did. I mean, because you're you a business owner. We, I worked harder than most people are willing to. It just takes that. I was very collaborative with the other people around me. A lot of people are scared to do that. They're scared to build relationships, especially lawyers. Like I always say the bar is low for us, but um, (laughs) getting out in the community and doing that, a lot of people, you know, I mean, you guys both are, people aren't comfortable with that, let alone like lawyers, but you have to get out there. You've got to meet people. You've got to help people. I mean, I sat down with so many people and said, look, let me connect you to other people. I still do that today. I mean, that's part of the value of a new business owner coming in. I'm like, okay, do you need insurance? Do you need a website guy? Because you, I mean, I just made every mistake. So why not help someone not do that? How many clients do you have? Well, we're, we're switching just email numbers. systems. I have probably over 200 business clients, and that's just business clients. And they tend to stay open because we always have comings and goings. They're on like retainer? No, not always. Um, not usually, actually. But I mean, they if they call me because they need something, I there I'm going to pick up the phone for them. Sure. Because it might be a couple years, but if they're in trouble, I so that's be able why to help your them. reputation is so strong because you care. We do care. I mean, we do care. I mean, I, you're everywhere. You're <laughs> everywhere. And that uh, intro that I forgot to bring with me. That was one of the big things about the Orlando Law Group is that you care about people, you care about the community, you care about those businesses that you work with because they really are part of your community. They're, if you continue to work well with people and recommend, they're going to recommend you. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely walk the walk. I've done all the things. <laughs> so I think you're so well-adverse because we belong to a lot of different associations, but your name's brought up here and there, and, and, that's, and that's your reputation. When you build a reputation of who you really are, people remember those people, and they want to continue. They know who to go to if they have that question. So we've, we've definitely established, find a lawyer, find a good one. And you know, if you're not here in Orlando, you can still call. They can still call you. Right. I mean, we do to. a lot by phone. I mean, especially now more than ever. But yeah, we help people all over the state. And before we wrap this segment, give us again your contact information. How do people get a hold of you? Sure. Our number is 407-512-4394. And you can find us at the Orlando Law Group and at info at the Orlando Law Group. The Orlando Law Group. That's the right. Orlando. The, the Orlando Law Group. We're not going to forget this lady <laughs> no, we're ever. Not forget. But, and we do. We do have a lot of other things I want to talk about. LLC, S Corp, C Corp, D 
Do you trademark? Do you register? You've got some questions I know we'll have about that. So if you're willing, we'd like to have you come back in and talk about some of those specific topics and give us, shed some light on all the mistakes that, you know, we've both made the best teacher of the mistakes that you made, because then you can help somebody else avoid them. Well, I'm going to leave you with a, with a hanging question. <laughs> if you help people avoid a bunch of mistakes, are they going to learn anything? Oh, yes, because most people, if you're successful in business, then you're just going to keep growing and then you're going to need to bring on employees or you're going to build another business or you're going to buy a building. So, I, I mean, I love to help people gain success because then they're just going to do more things. You don't want to see them struggle and say, when you get down <laughs> to your knees and then you're up to your neck, give us a call here. We can help you out. You want to help prevent that before it even starts. Exactly. Being proactive is best. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for being part of this today. I know it went pretty fast, and we never seem to get all the questions in that we want to get in. Craig, you have anything else left? No, keep in touch. I mean, all of us are needing each other to help each other along the way, so don't ever be afraid. I mean, the attorneys are not bad. We got one of the better ones. We do, we do. and I, <laughs> yes. they get, you guys get a bad rap, and I, we try to let people know when we come in here, we're not going to sabotage you with any bad press kind of stuff. We really do want to know what you work and how you work and the best way to help us as small businessmen, so... We're going to have you back if you're willing, and we'll talk about the business structure. How do you structure a business, which is a little bit different, but hopefully somebody got something out of this and they can say, hey, I need to start with something different than just, I've got a widget and my business plan is I'm going to sell a bunch of them and make a ton of money because that, that works, right? When somebody comes every the, time, every single time, you got you got the Brinks truck sitting right outside of you, loaded. <laughs> you should see my first business plan; it's hysterical. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we all learn by it that. Didn't work out as planned, man. That's why I, I agree. I was telling you uh, six months before doing all this, I've had to change everything because this virus gave me a time to meet with Tim and people like you, and it's a learning lesson, and that's why you go to people that's been through it. Info at vetsgrowth.com or 407-754-5779. And info at grpstudios.com or 407-862-6882. Thanks again for being part of this podcast. We're going to call this Breaking the Law. Unfortunately, I don't have any Judas Priest to go out. We'll get some kind of, there'll be some kind of legal problem with putting that music out there. <laughs> exactly, so it'll like, be shut down. Like, man, oh man. But uh, thanks again for joining. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to answer them and bring up as topics on our next podcast. So thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.